I feel like this is going to sound insane, but I've been thinking about this for two days now, and I feel like I have to post this to see if anyone possibly has an explanation. Two nights ago, me and my girlfriend are laying in bed with YouTube on the TV in the bedroom. I watch it while she sits on her phone or reads. I have the YouTube autoplay feature on, so when one video ends, it just immediately plays the next one. I was watching a ton of Nick Merck's videos that night. For those that don't know, Nick Merck's is a gaming streamer slash YouTuber. So, I ended up falling asleep while the videos are playing, and the TV is on lower than half volume because it's late, and was pretty much just background noise, honestly. I don't know how long exactly I was asleep, but it couldn't have been long because my girlfriend was still awake reading when this happened. But as I'm asleep, I hear clear as day an extremely loud Nick Merckx himself go, Wake up! in the most stern, bone-chilling tone. The only way that I've ever heard someone else say this like this is in Spider-Man Far From Home when Mysterio and Spider-Man are fighting, and Mysterio goes, It's time to wake up! to him. That's the only thing I can compare it to. I jerked awake and was facing the TV, and I swear to God, for a split second, I saw Nick Merck's face in full screen staring straight into the camera, and then it immediately went back into gameplay with him talking to his teammates, and stuff like nothing was happening. I looked over at my girlfriend, and she was staring at the TV with a shocked look on her face. I asked her, Did you hear that? And she said, Yeah, and sounded scared. I picked up the remote and rewound a full minute in the video, and we both sat and watching it through, and it did not happen in the video. He never once screams, Wake up! Nor does he go full face cam in the video. He only ever does full face cam in the intros, and he hasn't even been doing intros lately, so there's literally no full face cam at all in this video. I have no clue what happened. Could someone please explain this? Edit. First of all, thank you guys so much for the upvotes and the awards. I didn't expect this to blow up at all and was just looking for some advice. So, to see this many people interested by this... And to hear all your stories in the replies is crazy to me. Also, I appreciate all your jokes. <laughs> Having people be able to not only relate to this, but make jokes about it, is soothing, in a way. Also, I haven't been on Reddit all day, so I didn't even know that this blew up until just now. And there are so many comments, I can't really reply to them all, so... I'm going to just try to answer a lot of the questions here. 1. Did I get confirmation the next day from the girlfriend, or just when I woke up? After this happened, I didn't fall asleep for a while. And we stayed up together freaked out for about an hour and a half talking about what had just happened. 
As well as the next night, we both said we should just keep the TV off when going to bed. So, yes, she definitely experienced it. And it was confirmed a lot that night as well as the next day. Two, is it possible it was an ad? No. I have YouTube Red specifically because I watch YouTube on my TV every night, and the ads, especially mid-rolls, are extremely annoying, so I never get ads on YouTube. Three, could someone have cast onto the TV with their phone, etc.? If it's possible to cast onto an Amazon Fire Stick, then possibly? But I've now talked to everyone that lives in my house since this happened, about this experience, and all of them said they don't cast to TVs, ever. So, if it did happen, it would have had to have been a random person, like a neighbor. Although my neighbors are pretty far away as we live in a wooded area, where the houses are really spread out. I'm not saying it's 100% impossible, but given all the variables I've listed, and the fact that it was Nick Merckx himself yelling from the TV, I feel like the chances of this are just extremely slim. 4. Did my girlfriend see it? I have asked her if she saw it, and she said she didn't, but I feel like I need to emphasize some details here because I wrote this post very poorly before because I was on mobile, and like I said, I didn't think it would blow up at all, so I didn't put much effort into it. When I say it was loud when he yelled, I mean it was loud. As if my sound bar had gone up to max volume, and then immediately back down to below half volume. Also, no, it was not me who yelled it in my sleep. Me and my girlfriend have previously talked about this a lot, as I said previously, and she knows it was the TV. She knows what Nick Merckx sounds like, and she said when it happened, she instantly thought it was the TV as well, and there's no way that it was me. 5. Do I have any other weird stuff happen around my house? Not a lot, honestly. My sister watched her closet doorknob twist back and forth once, and when she finally opened the door, there was nobody there. I feel like sometimes I hear someone whisper in my ear, but I never really care because I feel like everyone has stories about, I swear someone just said my name. So, I kind of just blow it off. The only big thing, really, is I was eating dinner with my family at the kitchen table, and from where my chair is, I can see straight ahead of me through a giant window that looks out to our backyard. That's pretty big. I swear I saw a white man in a white t-shirt and blue jeans walk through our backyard, walk behind a tree, and then he was just gone. I went, who the hell was that? And everyone looked out the window, and my dad went, ah, hell, and ran and grabbed his gun while we kept watching the tree he went behind. When he went outside and looked, there was no one there. When he came back in, I asked him why he reacted like that because he's a 
very chill person who never overreacts about stuff. And he responded with, I saw him too. He went behind the tree, right? I said yes, and he just looked spooked and didn't say anything else about it. I've seen several phone glitches on this sub, and I hope it's the right place. These events happened between 2019, 2020, and 2021. My family and I use Facebook Messenger to talk to each other whenever we can't be in the same area of the house or the town. But because I like headphones and I put out music very loud, I don't hear my parents calling me. And in the past, we had neighbors complaining about us yelling too loudly. So my parents started calling me either on Facebook Messenger or on my regular phone. In 2019, I was living at my aunt's house, going to college, when I got two regular phone calls within months in between from my mom. The first one I had just managed to get away from a potentially dangerous situation, and I was walking quickly to my bus, and my phone rang, only for me to hear static that caused a headache, and then hung up. Once I was safely away from when I was potentially in danger, I called my mom back, asking her why she called me. My mom then told me she was thinking of calling me, but that she hadn't called me. Then I told her what happened, and she just told me to be thankful for that call, and just focus on moving forward with my life. The second time this happened, in 2019, I was cooking dinner at home and I got a call, and since my aunt's landline was damaged, and sometimes calls wouldn't go through or receive said calls, we had agreed that if they call me and leave it ringing for three rings, it means they had been trying to call me on the landline, and that I needed to call them. So, this happens. My mom calls me and lets it ring three times. I get to the landline and I call home, only to be told by my dad that mom had been talking to my Uncle Thomas on her cell phone for the past hour. I was confused, and later in the night, I talked with my mom about it and asked her if she called me at 8pm, but she hadn't. Then, 2020 comes. We're in quarantine, and I was in my room. I was healing from a TBI, so I wasn't allowed on my phone and I was working on relearning how to write when my phone rang, and I peeked over to see that it was my mom. Thinking that my mom might have needed toilet paper because I'd heard her go to the bathroom, I carefully walked to the storage room, grabbed three rolls of toilet paper, and carefully again went to the bathroom and asked her what she wanted. Confused, my mom said she was thinking of calling me because she had run out of toilet paper, which I instantly hand to her. Mum then joked about our mother-daughter bond. A few months later, in 2020, I'm fully healed from my TBI, and I'm cleaning out the house, vacuuming when I feel my phone vibrate, and I look to see my mum calling me. I put the vacuum aside because I'm thinking it was close to 3pm, 
which is my country's mandatory quiet time up to 6pm, and maybe she was trying to tell me to give up trying to finish the house before 3pm, or maybe she just wanted something. So I looked around the house and I asked my sister, only to find my mom putting out the laundry, and I had seen her phone on the radio in the kitchen while looking for my mom. And once again, she never called me. And now we are reaching 2021. I'm in my room doing some chores, and I hear my computer and phone chime with the Facebook Messenger video call, and I look to see my mom calling me. I got up and went to look for my mom, only to be told by my dad that mom was out with her friends for coffee. So I called her and asked her, and she told me she had no Wi-Fi to call me on Facebook. Another time, I'm again in my room, and again, mom calls me on my regular phone. And I ran with my phone to my mom in the bathroom, and showed her my device, and she showed me hers. She wasn't calling me. I picked up and put it on speaker, only to hear this whizzing sound you hear when two microphones are close together, and it hurts our ears. And then, my mom got a nosebleed. She gets semi-frequent nosebleeds, but there was no prior indication, such as a headache or her sneezing like there normally is. It was during Easter, and Mom and I were playing cards in the kitchen with our phones next to us, when my phone vibrates again with a call from my mom. Confused, I try to pick it up, but my phone is stuck, and then shuts down, and my phone's hot. The last time this happened was when I was in my room and getting another call from mom, and annoyed I get up to go to my mom and ask her what she wants, and, confused, she again told me she hadn't called me. I don't know what's happening to my phone, but this only happens with my mom's phone number and mine, and only on my phone, never on my mom's. Are there any ideas on how this would be possible to happen so many times? Back when I was in college, probably 2012 to 2013, I experienced something weird with my friend. I went to a community college in New Jersey and I had met a lot of friends. One night, two guys that I didn't know super well but seemed cool wanted to chill. I'll call them Rourke and Eric. I drove the three of us to Eric's house for video games, movies, and for Rourke and I to spend the night. We were having fun, but around 2 a.m., Eric's dad inexplicably said that Rourke and I couldn't spend the night. This was annoying because my place was at least a 45-minute drive away, and I would need to drive Rourke home first, wherever that was. This part of the state is very rural, with a bunch of thick forest roads and farmland, so everything is far apart there. So, begrudgingly... Rourke and I got into my car, and since Eric guided us to his place, and neither Rourke or I knew where we were, I would need to GPS to his house. 
at the time, I still had a slider phone, not a smartphone, so I used one of those old TomTom GPS units. We started on our way, following the GPS instructions through the wooded roads, making small talk and whatnot. Before long, we ended up on a wooded road that the GPS didn't have a name for. The space for the road name was just blank, which I had never seen before. Less than a minute after we got onto the road, the GPS lost signal. I didn't think much of it and just continued figuring that it would come back. The road started off normal and unremarkable, but it gradually got steeper and steeper downhill. Rourke and I both commented on it, but we brushed it off. However, as the minutes passed, the road got more and more simple. Eventually, there were no guardrails. Then it stopped having streetlights. Then it became a dirt road with no markings. Then it narrowed for just enough space for a car one way. The forest on either side was hugging us, and aside from the dirt road, there were no signs of human influence. It's also worth noting that there was never an intersecting road to turn onto. It was just a lone road, and we also never saw another car. Rourke and I were kind of nervously laughing about it, trying not to freak out. The decline had become very steep, and it was almost a perfectly straight road. I'd considered trying to turn around, but at that point, the road was too narrow to turn around. And it would have been awful for my car to drive back up something so steep for so long. So we just descended into the darkness, only able to see what my headlights showed. All in all, we probably went down for 15 to 20 minutes, and we were going decently fast. I doubt we ever went below 20 miles per hour, much faster a lot of the time so it wasn't killing my brake pads. I feel as though we should have easily passed sea level. Eventually, the road evened out, guardrails and streetlights came back, the GPS signal returned, and we just ended up on some side road like two minutes from Rourke's place. He insists that the road had never been there, and that there was no mountain near his place for us to have descended. I ended up just crashing at Rourke's place. The next day, I drove back the way I came, and... I could not find the strange road, nor could I find any road that was remarkably elevated. I told my sister to join this sub because we think these things are interesting, and we got to talking about weird things that happened in the past and we realized that we had experienced one and just didn't tell each other about it because it freaked us both out a little bit. We'd completely forgotten about it until we got to talking. In high school, we drove our parents' hand-me-down car after they bought a new one. It was kind of a piece of crap, but it got us around. On the way home from school, 
One day, one of the tires went flat. We weren't far from home, but we had to pull over, and it just so happened that one of the police officers in town we lived in, at the time, drove by and helped us. It's a really small town, and everyone knows each other, so it wasn't a big deal. Kind of like a a modern-day Mayberry. Small-town people, small-town cops that really just patrolled to help with things like that. Not a lot of crime. You get the picture. The front passenger side tire had gone flat. He got the spare out of the trunk and changed it for us in like 10 minutes. We chatted a little bit, and he followed us around the corner and up the street to where we were living at the time. We called my stepdad to let him know and told him which tire it was, and forgot about it the rest of the afternoon. He stops on the way home and gets the tire because he had everything he needed to change it at the house. He went outside and then came back in and he said that the front passenger side was completely fine and that the spare was on the driver's side. We kind of looked at each other and we were like, no, it was definitely the passenger side. So we walked out and around to the passenger side and pointed and were like, Look, that's the spare. He gave us an odd look, and he was like, No, it's not. And we walked over to the driver's side, and sure enough, the dinky donut spare was now on the driver's side. I very distinctly remember it being the passenger side, because we were headed home, and he had jacked up the car from the passenger side and changed it. My sister, at the time... Decided maybe that we just didn't remember it correctly, but I knew that we had. She told me yesterday that it had bothered her every time it crossed her mind, because she was sure it was the passenger side as well. He changed it, and we kept driving like usual. It freaked me out for a couple of weeks, and then I just wanted to not think about it. This was about 20 years ago, and back then you were just called crazy and like my sister let herself believe, we just chalked it up to not remembering it correctly. There's no way that it wasn't, and we were too scared at the time to tell each other that we knew it wasn't, because it made no sense. No one had touched the car or even been home until my stepdad got home with a new tire. I know it's kind of silly, but We're both very adamant that we know that it was an anomaly of some sort. We still can't explain it, and it still boggles my mind. We wound up telling my mom about it, and it got a little bit weirder after that. The car eventually went to one of my brothers before it completely broke down. He had a similar experience that he told her about, about ten years ago, except it was the back passenger tire and when he went to go get it changed, they were confirming with him that it was the back passenger tire because the spare was on the back driver's side. He had changed it himself to get to the tire shop, and he wasn't able to explain it. I don't know what it means, but now the same anomaly has happened to the same car twice with the same scenario kind of sends a little shiver down my spine thinking about it. 
I want to preface this by stating that while I enjoy reading spooky stories or watching unexplained videos, I firmly consider myself a skeptic that will occasionally indulge in the paranormal side of things purely out of fun. With that being said, my skepticism is the reason why I'm also making this post. It's a bit of a rant, slash me venting, because I cannot reasonably explain this experience. Last year, in the middle of the summer, my girlfriend and I bought ourselves a new car. We fell in love with it at the dealership, and all the features it came with, despite it being a little pricey. Completely worth it. Months in, we would still find ourselves gasping in excitement whenever we'd come across a feature, or quirk, that made us appreciate the car a little more. One of these things was the little visor extensions. Not sure if there's a proper name for them, but you know how some visors have a little black slide that helps extend over more? Yeah, that thing. We came across it October 23rd, 2020. I know the exact date, because that day we drove out to pick up the new iPhone 12 Pro that had just come out. The color configuration I wanted was sold out in the Apple Store in my city, so I had to go pick it up a city over. Now, the drive itself isn't bad. About 40 minutes to and from, but traffic was heavy that day, and we had to drive slowly on the way back against the sun. I pulled the visor down to block the sun, and when it didn't, I looked for the visor extension. And boom, problem solved. I probably did this rather dramatically or something, because my girlfriend noticed and immediately did that little gasp and quickly once again mentioned how great the car was while pulling hers out. Something so small and simple, but our previous car didn't have one, and the one she owned before she met me didn't either. So she flipped her stuff at finally having one. Again, Sometimes, it's the small things in life. We drove home that day, and God knows how long it was before we were once again driving into the sun, but we did. The next time I found my retinas being blessed by the sunlight, I pulled down the visor and quickly reached for the extension, because it was once again not going to be enough. I paw at it for a little bit, looking for the extension and trying to grip it, all while my eyeballs are being cooked. After a few seconds, I flip it back up, and then down again. Nothing. I'm kind of baffled at it not being there, and I quickly let my girlfriend know, and I ask her to pull hers down to check. Nope, not one on that either. Okay, we're definitely questioning some things at this point, but we're fine. It must have been the other car we used to drive, right? We come home and check, but no. That car doesn't have it either. Even if it did, that was not the car that we had driven that day to pick up my new phone. There was no other car, no Uber, no rental, nothing. It was our current white Lincoln SUV. It had a visor extender. It is by far the one glitch in the Matrix moment for us, and I still cannot explain it. 
every time a conversation about this topic comes up, I find myself frustrated at how I have to retell something that I just cannot understand. Part of me wishes that it was something that only one of us had experienced, because then I would be able to write it off as a false memory or a dream. But having both of us experience this makes it even more mind-screwing. One day, I was doing some clothes shopping, and I got a call from my college friend, Jeffrey J.Mo Moore, to come over and hang out. I told Jeff that I would come over after I left the mall, and I was using public transportation. After I get to Jeff's house, Jeff introduced me to his friend, Sleepy. Sleepy appeared to be very sleepy, and lethargic in the face. Sleepy and Jeff were in Jeff's room chatting about school. In Jeff's room, we hung out and talked for a while, but I had to go, so I decided to leave after about an hour. I shook Jeff's and Sleepy's hands before exiting. As I exit Jeff's room and go out into the hallway... Out of the front second floor door and down two flights of stairs, I'm at the front door. As I slowly open the house's front door, I notice that someone is blatantly blocking my exit. I look into the eyes of the person who could be so rudely and purposely blocking my exit, and it's Sleepy. Now, I just left Sleepy upstairs seconds ago so it would have been impossible for him to be at the front door trying to get in. Though I was in terror because I've lived a long life of ghosts, haunted houses, and bad luck, my first complete thought was this is just Sleepy's twin brother coming to visit from home. Because I assumed with all of my heart that this was Sleepy's brother, I extended my hand and welcomed him in. I shook his hand and it shook perfectly. He closed the door behind us. He followed me upstairs, into the second-story apartment, through the living room and dining room, and into Jeff's bedroom, where Jeff and his friend Sleepy were. Upon entering the room, I was so scared that I was trembling. I quickly sat down on the corner of the bed and gave J-Mo a cigarette under the doppelganger's nose. I kind of handed Jeff the cigarette at the same time that the doppelganger entered the room, and the look on Jeff's face was terrifying. He was in disbelief. I looked to give Sleepy a cigarette to read him as well, but he didn't want one. I then turned to Sleepy, as he also sat and said, Hey, Sleepy, do you have a twin brother? Sleepy shakes his head no and replies, Nah. As Sleepy stared the doppelganger in the face, he seemed to almost cower, but he kept eye contact. The doppelganger was breathing furiously and was super strong. As I stared back at Sleepy intently, I watched them through the mirror because I didn't want to catch any eye contact from said doppelganger. I remembered to take note that the doppelganger didn't have a reflection. 
after what seemed like an eternity, I slowly stood up and calmly walked out of the room behind the doppelganger and left the house. I have no clue how it all played out in the end. All three of our families experienced multiple deaths. Each time I saw Sleepy or Jeff in public, it would slip my mind to ask them how they got the doppelganger out of the house. a Swiss army knife that I got for a birthday, and I always make it a point to keep it with me because you never know when you might need it. I always carry it in my bag, and I always carry my bag when going somewhere. One time, my girlfriend and I were going to her hometown. We met up with some friends and went drinking outside. It was in a park in front of a theater a place where people our age like to hang out, usually. We brought some drinks with us, some beers, ciders, etc. A friend asked if anyone had a bottle opener, so I pulled out my Swiss army knife and opened the bottle. I remember we all commented on how practical it is to have it, but that no one bothers to carry it. I've placed my knife on some steps, as I was expecting to open more bottles soon. It started raining heavily pretty quickly, and we took our stuff and took shelter. When the rain subsided, we decided to go home. When my girlfriend and I arrived, I noticed that I didn't pack the knife, and remembered that I'd left it on the steps. It was pretty late and we decided that we would look for it tomorrow early morning. When we got back to the park the next day, the knife was gone. We searched around for it, but nothing. I had to accept that I'd lost the knife, and we started packing for our trip back home. While we were driving back at some point, I started saying how it's a shame that I had lost the knife. I held it very dear, and... Even though I could easily get another knife, I kind of got attached to this one. We were about to enter our house, and we made another couple of comments about the knife. We unpacked and all, and I was taking out some documents to put in my top drawer where I usually keep this stuff. As I opened the drawer, there it was. The red Swiss army knife was placed right in the middle of the drawer. I was shocked, and I quickly called out to my girlfriend. We couldn't believe it. It was my knife. After the amazement subsided, we started coming up with theories as to how it could have happened. One idea was that I had never even brought the knife, and that the beers were opened some other way, but... We knew that that wasn't true. Also, I never keep it in any drawer. Ultimately, we didn't come up with any good answers. I've come to accept the whole thing as very positive. Someone or something obviously cared enough about me to make sure that I got reunited with my knife. That's the story of the teleporting knife. I'm not looking for answers, but... I would be curious to know what your experiences are with this. P.S. As I reread my story, 
I realized someone might suggest my girlfriend actually brought it with her and planted it in the drawer to surprise me. This isn't possible, as I was the first to enter the house and I went straight for the drawer. When I was about 17, I went on a day trip with my mom to a beach that we'd heard about. She knew how to get most of the way there, so she memorized the last few map quest directions instead of printing them out. It's almost entirely farmlands the whole way, so long, straight roads with very few intersections. We'd been driving through farmland for about 30 minutes, and the road we were on was supposed to intersect the town main's road at some point. But we kept driving, and didn't find any intersections for a while. Finally, we pulled into a gas station to ask how to get to the beach. The cashier pointed the way we came, and said, Take this road, you'll drive straight into the lake. We hesitantly drove the way she told us, even though it was exactly the road we came from. And, after a minute or two of driving straight, it was a completely different road. Instead of wide-open farms we'd seen the whole way here, there were now churches and houses and yard sales and banks and traffic lights. And sure enough, in less than ten minutes... The road ended at a T, looking straight over at Lake Ontario. It's kind of hard to miss. After taking a moment to be absolutely bewildered, we assumed that we had somehow merged onto the roads at an angle without realizing. Later at home, I looked it up on Google Maps. There are no slanted intersections between the beach and the gas station. Only a handful of perfectly perpendicular intersections with either traffic lights or stop signs. Not only that, but a creek runs parallel to the main road. So, we would have had to have crossed the bridge to get to the main road. We did not cross a bridge. The creek is quite wide, so we should have noticed if we had crossed. I really wanted to chalk it up to some kind of illusion or unfamiliar territory, and we somehow turned right with neither of us realizing it, even though we were fairly on alert and checking every street sign for the main road, and our destination was to the left, so we had no reason to make any right turns. My mom still tells that story despite being a strong skeptic, and it's pretty tame, but still the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to us. We've gone back many times since, and never found what possibly could have confused us. If anyone wants to check it out, on Google Maps, the town is Olcott on Lake Ontario in New York. The road is Route 78, and the gas station is Kenyon's. We were coming from the west, and the end destination plugged into MapQuest was the Olcott Beach Lighthouse. 
I don't go that much these days. However, when I was a kid, every Saturday in the summer months, my father and I would gather up our rods and tackle box. We'd stop off to buy some night crawlers and head down to the river and fish. The fish were always plentiful on the river, from bluegill, catfish, the occasional black bass. We would sit on this old fallen tree trunk, drink sodas, and munch on junk food for a few hours before packing it in, returning home and then proceed to clean, pack, and freeze our catch for future meals. On one particular Saturday morning, however, things were a little bit off. A morning cloud cover promised to move on by mid-morning for a sunny afternoon, so we packed our sunscreen to apply later once the sun came out. We got our worms, as always, and headed to the river. Thanks to the cloudy sky, the fish were more active than usual, and we had no trouble reeling them in, so much so that our bucket was filling up faster than usual when, as predicted, the clouds began to disperse, and by noon the sun was shining. As we readied to pack up, a shadow overhead caught my attention. A bald eagle had taken up a roost in the tree by the river, and was keeping a keen eye on us, and I happened to glance up and catch his vision. I was about to grab my father's attention, when I happened to glance at the patch of the sky peeking through the leaves just behind the eagle, and I saw something very, very weird. The blue sky, it had a kind of grid overlaying it, similar to graph paper, a kind of bluish cross-hatching, and not the same shade of blue as the sky, but rather a few shades darker. I stepped a few feet to my left to look at an unobstructed view of the sky, and it was clear blue, but stepping back under the canopy of the trees, there was a grid. I pointed it out to my father, and he was positively gobsmacked, thinking that it might have just been a spider web, perhaps strung up between branches. He moved closer, and he couldn't see anything there. Feeling very weirded out by this anomaly, we decided to go get some lunch at Burger King and headed home. This event happened in the 90s, long before talks of glitches. However, that event has stuck with me, and I now believe that what we experienced that day, some kind of glitch, it allowed us to see behind the veil of our reality for just that one section of the sky. What do you all think? I had recently moved from the PNW back to my hometown in California, earlier this year due to being honorably discharged. Before I moved down, I had lived with two other roommates, and we loved drinking together during the weekends. On the last weekend, I had bought a bottle of Junmai Saki from an Asian market. They bagged it up, folded the top of the bag and stapled it, and placed it in a plastic bag along with other things I had bought from the store. 
I bought the sake because one roommate bought a sake set, and I thought we could put it to use as it would be our last time drinking together. We drank all the sake using the set, and the next night I started my drive to California. This all took place in May, so I've been in Cali for a while now, and already have had several car washes, and I also installed new interior lighting in my car, which required me to get under the dash and seats. About three weeks ago, I took my car to get another wash because it got covered in tree sap. The car wash place I go to does a good job. They wash and hand dry, and they do some interior detailing. The guy that detailed my car calls me over because it's complete and ready. So, I tip him some bucks and I say thanks. I get in the car, and on the passenger seat is a paper bag with a tear on the top. I'm just thinking he forgot some cleaning supplies or something, so I peek out of the car, but he's already gone. I grab the bag and I inspect it, and I notice it's the same bottle of sake my roommates and I drank before I left. I'm completely baffled. The detailer must have found it, opened it to see what it was, and left it in my passenger seat for me. There's no way that I could have overlooked this out of all the times I've cleaned it, or when I installed my lighting, or even the several times I brought it to the same place before. The bottle was unopened, like I never drank it. I haven't brought it up to my roommates, and I drank the bottle, again, with one of my oldest friends. I told him the story and we cracked jokes about it being the ghost sake, <laughs> saying that it might spawn in my car again. Even though we joked about it, I still think about it a lot and it bothers me how this is possible. I know that I only bought one bottle of sake that night. So, I have a small, white Havanese named Nikki, who likes to weave through my legs and trip me as I walk. She's either got separation anxiety, or she just loves to be around humans. She follows whoever she's next to wherever they go throughout the house. It's always apparent that she's around me because, not only is she clingy, she wears a collar with a tag that jingles. One day, I was standing in the living room of my house and she was standing behind me. I physically saw her beside my leg. I talk to her sometimes, like, hey cutie, what are you doing, etc. And then I started walking down the hall and I could hear her walking beside me. I paused in the hallway just before my room and she sat beside me. The jingling stopped. I think I forgot something and was trying to remember. I hate when someone playing the game cancels my actions. Anyways, I turned to enter my room, and she was sitting in the center of my room just staring at me. Now, she does this a lot. She'll sit across the room from me or down the hall and just stare. 
She'll remain eerily still and just stare and stare until she's tired and then goes to sleep, which is very creepy at night. But we can have staring contests for a while before she loses interest. She's always been kind of creepy in that way, and she doesn't bark. It's super rare that she'll bark because she only barks at the TV or a squirrel outside. So she stared at me, making my body erupt into goosebumps. There was no way that she could have left my side and walked over to the center of my room because A, I would have heard her collar jingling, B, the time between me seeing her by my leg and then turning to my room and seeing her again was a matter of a second or two. I remember doing a few double takes and wondering how she's suddenly in my room. I wasn't on my phone or anything, I was just standing in the hallway. It's weird, and I can't explain it, but maybe my dog can teleport? It weirded me out, but she's such a strange, alien-esque type of dog. I just kind of accepted it after about ten seconds of uncertainty. Since then, she hasn't done a full-blown teleportation per se, but... She does appear in rooms when I hadn't noticed her there before. That I typically just chalk up to being used to the sound of her collar and therefore blocking it out subconsciously, and then getting startled when I physically see her. I've had two major glitch experiences. I'll post the other one after this, but the magnet one happened a few months ago. My partner and I had just moved into a new apartment that has a sliding barn door to our bedroom. It didn't like to stay completely shut, so I decided to stealthily glue two powerful magnets opposite of each other where, when the door was closed, it would hopefully be strong enough to hold it in place. The track for the door is pretty high above my head and very awkwardly located, so I was trying to make sure the placement was correct before I officially, forever, glued the magnet down. This is where it gets weird. I am a naturally cold person, so I'm always wearing long sleeves and long pants. That day, I had on sweatpants where the leg cuffs are tight, and a long hoodie that came over the waist of my pants. This is important, I promise. Essentially, there was no way anything could get into my pants without me lifting the hoodie and then pulling my waistband from my body. My partner was watching my progress a few feet away, I went to triple check that I was putting it in the right place, and it wasn't facing the wrong way, when it slipped from my fingers. We both watched it fall, and I kind of used my body to slow it, like soccer players do to get the ball under control. It clearly bounced from my chest, to my belly, to... down my inner leg and it settled behind my inner ankle inside my pant leg. Since the bottom of the sweats are tight, it didn't just fall onto the floor once it got to the bottom. It never hit the ground, 
so it couldn't have bounced up. It literally bounced off the outside of my body and then ended there. My partner looked at me very confused, and I stood there with my eyes and mouth wide. She asked where it went, and I slowly lifted my leg, turned it towards her, and pulled my pant leg up for the magnet to fall out onto the floor. There was no way it went into my pants because my hoodie was over my waistband, and it didn't bounce back up and go into the neck hole of my hoodie and then down my body, so I don't know. I really can't explain it. This just happened a few moments ago. I'm currently on the metro bus heading home, sitting about dead center of the vehicle. So, four rows back from the front entrance and the driver with the automated fare collector next to him. Since the start of the route, I was the only person riding, and it had stayed that way until we got closer to the city, and a woman boarded. I was just kind of in my own little world, listening to music on my headphones, but for whatever reason, I started watching her fiddling with the bill acceptor, trying to get it to accept crinkled dollars. She struggles for some time and finally gets her fare in, and then she turns my way to walk down the center aisle toward the seats. This is when it gets weird. She, like, phases forward a good ten steps down the aisle to about where I'm seated. I don't mean that she moved super fast or took a giant step or she somehow looked closer than she was. I mean one second she's at the front of the bus, and the next... She's halfway down the aisle of the bus. This woman moved half an entire bus length in less than a second. If it were a film, it would have looked like a handful of frames were cut out, and then the reel was spliced back together. After that, she just casually continued to the back of the bus. I wasn't sleepy or anything like that. I don't even think I blinked. It was just a super weird event in an otherwise boring bus ride. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast, or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode, but until then, sleep well.